before we start, we are, we are Bukharan after all. <laughs> we have to just, you know, since we are hopefully getting sponsored by Bartonura down the line. Shout out, Morty. So, shout out, Bartonura. Morty Herzog, thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Nice. <laughs> Keep doing. Are you sure we aren't already sponsored by it? <laughs> We're not sponsored by Bartonura, but I do want to have Bartonura in everything I do because I do owe a huge debt of gratitude to them. So therefore, we have four options for you. Right. This is the classic Bartonura. As you know, uh-huh. the blue bottle. Now it comes in a can as well. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. This is rosé, my favorite. It comes in that bottle right there. And just recently, we added lychee and peachy. peachy. <laughs> <laughs> so you have options. Wow. I'm trying to enlighten the moment. I'm trying to make you guys feel like you're home. Hi, lychee me up. Don't I lighten it up? This is for you, lychee. Yeah, I'll take a peachy. You'll take a peachy, and I'm going to do rosé. Joseph, what do you like? Uh, Shout out to the tech. Thank you, Joseph. What can we give you, Joseph? You got it here. It's a good choice, actually. It's not bad. We we'll put this for product positioning purposes. Yeah, this is for you. <laughs> That's your glass right there. Let me get it right for the camera. <laughs> it's all love. I just want to know, you know why? The reason why you guys are here, this is like becoming Shmuel podcast. Nice. And you guys are my first. First guests. And the reason why you guys are first guests is not because you guys are attorneys. Couldn't care less about that. Before I, um, the reason why you guys are here first is because you guys helped me to find the inner me inside me. And that is Shmuel, the little pekala Shmuel inside me. That means like the little pintle yid, like a little small, little spark of yid in me. You lost them at small. <laughs> <laughs> the skinnier Sam. So this is going back exactly one year ago. Exactly one year. To date? December 26th of 2022. Oh, wow. Almost. Uh, I, just to recall your um, memory, is we're in the office, day after Christmas. Everybody's, everybody's just off. And Roman's like, hey, my brother-in-law opened a new pizza shop called Posh Pizza. That sounds just like Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I want to invite you guys for lunch. I'm like, free food? is like, yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm down for free food anytime. Like seven meals a day if it's free. It's a famous saying, if it's free, it's for me. It's free, it's for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. That's my line. I actually stole it from somebody, but it is my line. So Roman takes out to lunch. And I'm like, it's free food, so I'm going to eat. Especially I was like slightly obese. Mm. BMI of 46. Tell, tell the people what BMI is. I think Max is 50. <laughs> <laughs> so I was basically, so I was, as I was eating, my dear friend Salman Aminov, I introduced you guys. This is Salman Aminov, attorney at law. Personal and injury specialist and Roman Aminov. They're not related at all, just same last names. Well, actually, I think one of you, I think your grandfather was running around and impregnating women. Is that what it is? I mean, so, my so, grandfather yeah. impregnated some, some woman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, so then, so, so we go out to Posh Pizza, we order a bunch of things, and I, and I was really enjoying my meal. And Salman is like, How long are you going to be fat for? No, 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 no. Sam, the way you tell a story sometimes, stop playing yourself. Tell me, tell me. I remember how it went. It was like uh, they gave us the menus. And then Roman, what did you order, Rose? Probably something healthy, fish or something. No, yeah, right. Okay, stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think Roman ordered one slice and then I ordered a slice and we split a slice. <laughs> split a slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sam went up to the counter. He was like, all right. How many pies He's like, got? let me get a pie. And I was like, what the hell? So then he goes, let me get a pie. Let me get French fries. Let me get 
Mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. French onion soup. That they keep going, <laughs> Sam. Keep going. <laughs> it was really good. I believe it. But it was mini pies. It wasn't like a real 18-inch pie. It was like a 12-inch pie. It's not a big deal. I can have a few of those. So you can have a few of them. Exactly. It wasn't like a big deal. It's not like I had a whole pie. So I wouldn't do it in front of you. And then Sam was, you were eating it all in front of us. I know. But I'm, <laughs> I so Sam polished it off and he felt accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam was a little hungrier. Nah, and then we got into some uh, some, some motivational money putting situations where Sam was like, "If you put some money down, I'll be able that to was, lose you're some like, weight." When are you gonna lose? I said I can lose weight. What I said was, "I can lose weight anytime I want." That's where it is. And then we made a bet. You bet five thousand dollars that I can lose forty pounds in three months. Slow down, Sam. We didn't off the rip go with five thousand dollars. I think it, it built up from there. No? no, I think it was off the rip. I think it started with Roman. Roman was first to put down. No, Roman is not a better. Right. I, I follow me. Roman is not a gambler. Roman is not a gambler. My money follows other people's money. Yeah, yeah. right. Roman is not a gambler. Roman is the most calculated, the most precise. Like if you if you were a tailor, it would take you twelve years to make a suit because you have to nice measure. Su- it would be a nice suit. <laughs> it would be a nice suit. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want the suit after I was done with it, but it'd be a nice suit. <laughs> it would be. We have to measure it. It'll be measuring the material for hours. So, so Sal said forty pounds, and right. I'm like, nah, I got to be more conservative than that. Three months, right? So once I had him in for forty, I'm like fifty. So I upped the ante a little bit. So I gave myself a little bit of a cushion. A cushion but in my head, I knew I was gonna win, even though I lost only thirty-seven pounds. I lost the bet, which is fine. But I got my health back. I was able to build myself internally. You know, 2023 for me is coming to an end now. How much weight did you lose? I lost a bet. Well, hold on. How much weight did you lose? You said 30. I, I lost 37 pounds. 37? Yeah. You weren't three pounds off. I was. You were 15 pounds off. Are you crazy? Stop playing yourself. Right you now, went sorry. from 228. No, 238. 238. To 202. What do you mean? I know what I did. On the day of the bet, where the bet ended, on the expiration yeah, two or two. Nah, nah, like you were off by like thirty-two I have, pounds. I have pictures. I have videos. I'm on scale. We'll pull them up later. Just... I mean, I I know what I did because this is my life. I know every course, single course. step of my life. Sam, I'm not I you. I remember winning that bet, Sam. I remember. It was I understand, winning. but the bottom line is, look, the bottom line is for me the well, way I look. Well, let's step back for a second. We we kind of canceled the bet because well, I I pulled out because I'm like, you know what? I saw Sam determined, bro. This guy was dropping pounds like. That's not long. why you pulled out. Well, that's why I pulled out. That's why you pulled out. Uh, for two things. Number one, I really thought I was going to lose the bet because the guy was a maniac. Within two weeks, he was already down like five. No, times. yeah. So what happened was after the bet, I, I, once once we made that bet, in my head, I, I was praying to lose weight for a long time. I knew I, I was, was going to win that bet. I was, <laughs> I was visualizing. I was manifesting it for a while. I felt that was my push that was going to take me over, the, over, over, the, you know, over the limit. And I knew I can do it. And in my heart, I was like, they don't know what's in my head. I'm like, I, I'm excited for this. I was like, I'm going to just chew the ear off. We just made a bet, three thousand from him and five thousand from him. That day I came home, I didn't eat anything else. I went to sleep hungry. Like that was lunch, like midday. We ate lunch. I had water. You'll be all right, Sam. You had like. <laughs> you no, know, that was the first time you felt hungry in a long time. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> After two pies, he was about two years old, I think. <laughs> After having a meal for three, he felt like I could skip a meal tonight. Finally. No, so whatever. So the next day I went. I woke up. I went. I, I signed up with Nate from uh, from Dream Body. Hey, yo! Shout out to Dream Body. It Thank works. you, Nate. It you works. put me on the right path. You are going to be my guest on my show soon because I have, I really have a huge debt of gratitude to Nate because he actually reprogrammed my mind how to, how to eat properly. Like I've been to a lot of different dietitians and a lot of trainers. Like Nate actually like taught me, and he gave me the best plan I ever been on. Was it more portion control or types? Of no, he actually gave me what I needed. What he did was he listened to what I what I like my strength and my weaknesses. I said, "Listen, I want to go hard," and he's like, "Okay, fine. Go through a three day cleanse first. I, I went to three day cleanse. 
where I had juices for the first three days. That sort of like put me in the right uh, state of mind. And then he put me in a three weeks of just like vegetables and fruits. And then he put me on a protein diet. It wasn't easy, but like I felt really motivated by the bet. Were you hungry with just on juices? You know, day two. Yeah, day two, I was kind of hungry, but I was like, and I, went, I remember going to sleep hungry. I remember I was in pain, but I was like, I'm tired of being fat. I'm tired of like not being in a place that I feel I should be in. I love you, Sam. What? <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, you know what it is? It's like years of frustration. Mm-hmm. You're like, am I going to like stay at this heavy? <laughs> I remember like the way I used to breathe was horrible. Like, I'm like, <sighs> like this is, and mentally, like, you, feel you sluggish. Took physical pain over the psychological pain. Yeah. And you have to. And when, I, when I've learned through my years of different things I've battled is that whenever you're trying to drop any vice, you are going to go through pain. And that's normal. You have to go. What kind of things did you battle, Sam? I was like, <laughs> just name say. a few, just a few. I'm like not gonna name it here. It, you know? I'm not gonna name it here because okay. okay. my mom is watching. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> my mom is watching. At least we got one view. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is, but what I've learned in life, battling with everything I've battled, is that when you let go of this island and trying to find new, like when you know, when trying to find new areas of yourself, you are gonna go through pain. And you have to be ready for that pain. So, That's the pain of growth. How much weight did you gain back since you stopped working out? I'll play with you. Sam's been consistent no, with he's it. Good. He's good. I, mean, I go to the gym six it. times a week. Wow. I walk to the gym 45 minutes every single day. I only missed one day of walking. It was really cold. And I should have walked. And I really feel that 2023 was a warm-up for me. Even though I still have 30 pounds to go. I'm, like, I'm not obese anymore. I'm just like chunky. But I do. I do. I have gained a lot of muscle. I'm up to 70 pounds on each arm bench press. Wow. That's a lot. Sam, I started at 30. Sam. I started at 30. I'm doing 70. Today, you know, today, like I had a bar mitzvah in the morning, so I couldn't go work out early. So then I, I went to work. I did my quickly my things. I went to gym today at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. My trainer's like, oh, we got to go. I, I did leg day. Pumped my legs at 2 p.m. And then I was like, my legs are exhausted. I did tri work and I did my triceps, the different exercises for triceps. And what I also do is I do like, um, What's that called? Uh, the set, the, the multiple sets? Drop sets. Drop sets. But I do triple drop sets. So like when I do like the triceps today, I did 40 pounds pulling down. Mm. And then we do like six to eight of those. And then we put uh, to, uh, 20 pounds. And I do about 25 of those. And then I do 10 push-ups. <laughs> I love it, Sam. That's a monster workout, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing. You know, how I, so my, you know what it is? You laugh. But the thing is, 2024 is when I'm going to get my abs. I believe it. Sam, wait a Ooh. second. Just careful. Ooh, that's next level. Careful now, Sam. Yeah, abs, you got to be about... 60 pounds later. Can't be no, I have to. I, Can't I, be no, drinking I no bars right now, you know, one, two, two, yes. It's fine. Pounds, huh? No, I have to lose it. No, no. I have to. My, I think I'm, I am big boned. And I, How like, much do you weigh right now? 201. Wow, that's impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 201. But I also put a lot of muscle on. When we first started the bed, how much were you? 238.8. But I was fat. Now I'm muscular. I'm built. Like, my body looks like a, a fat goddess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty impressive. Thirty-eight yeah. pounds. Though. Yeah, but pounds. not about that. I've been that's consistent crazy. for a year. I don't care. You know what it is? I don't care how much weight I've lost. The fact that I care is that I'm, I get up every single morning, no matter what, what mood I'm in. I get up. I, I put on. I put on my sneakers. Sneakers. I put on my sweatpants, and I walk to the gym forty minutes. Six days a week. You know what that is? It's every day except for Saturday. Every single. And he walks there and he walks back. No, I don't want. Rose, back. you do I the same. Nah, uh, four or five days. But this is no. But, but, he, but he's six. But he's, number but he's two. A, I drive there, even though I'm three blocks away. I drive there, I walk. And number three, I've been. Uh, and I have a trainer. I have a trainer. I have a trainer. So he, he spends his time. He spends his money. 
and it's not easy. I, but I, but at this point, I really enjoy it though. I I love when I work out a certain body part, and next day it's in pain. Mm. Like I really, really, truly enjoy it. I, I like being in pain. <laughs> I love you, son. This guy's laughing. I love you, son. I'm serious. Why is that? <laughs> you know what is he like? You know, I you know you know what like the biggest motivator for me is money. people laugh at me. No, I don't care about money. I never cared about money. My money was never my drive to get money. My my main drive is always creativity. I never wanted just to go and make money. I could have chosen other careers. I could have went and sold diamonds. We're not working on 47th Street. It's just that simple. <laughs> no, it would have been fun. You can make a lot more money doing diamonds than what I'm doing. But if, but if you... I mean, not doing so bad in life either. You know I'm, I'm not doing bad. I'm blessed. But I'm saying, but I, but, I, but I want... For me, it's all about the creative work. I always wanted to be known for my creativity I, as opposed to just having money. I like, You've I, seen I, too many people who are... Not people you look up to who are making money. And you're like, that's not impressive. Impressive, but making money or stealing money, right? Make it. You can say it. You can be open here. Like I, you know what? We can't say that. It's not nice. The bottom line is get shot. Bottom line is a person who has money isn't indicative of the person's uh, abilities or uniqueness. It's it's he mastered one specific uh, move, and whether you know legal or not, he's perfecting that move. But a person who's creative is really outside the box. It's creativity you can't teach. You can't. uh, You you gotta basically born with it, and you gotta. Just develop it. You gotta work on it. it. Listen, like I'll tell you the truth. Like when when I met you, two thousand eleven, right? I w- I could have been sitting. I was sitting pretty in my office, but I felt like this, there was more to life than just sitting in an office. Yes, I, I like I built a successful company with three thousand dollars, and I felt like okay, great. But I was like, if I'm gonna be sitting in this office, I'm not gonna truly flourish into what I'm able to become. So you moved next door, and you had a whole compote sign. If you remember, yes. Do we want to go into that or is that? The... No, no, definitely. I tell you what it is. If what? It... The journey of Shmuel Kampot. No, it's spelled K O M P O T. So I'll explain to you what I want to do. As I was basically, as I was running Tree of Life, I'm like, I knew that the business that I was in, I was in a business of debt settlement. Eventually, the way it worked is I would find, I would, I would close clients and I would get paid six months later in a client. Okay. So I saw like the amount of clients I was closing towards like 2011, 12 wasn't as heavy as in 2009, 10. 11 shouldn't start slowing down. I'm like, okay, I have a good year, year and a half left of this heavy, you know, flow of clientele because people already more or less like figuring things out. I felt that if I'm going to be stuck, since I wasn't hungry for respect, I never cared. I remember even when I was like, my ex-partner was driving an S550 and I had a Toyota Camry beat up. I was sitting in the office, my cousin Dave is like, you guys are partners. He's driving an S550 and you have a beat up Toyota Camry. I'm like, yeah, but he drives. (laughs) I never really truly cared about. Wait, but he. What do you mean? But he drives. No, I said, but but the, the car worked. Perfectly. Oh, it was a brand so new. It was. I'm saying it was a Toyota Camry that my wife beat up. But it works. It, it was a good. It was like a year old car, two year old car. Right? It was a two year old car. I did not. Show, I, I'm not a big, big show. I don't care. I'm not a yeah. show off guy. Like I rather show off with the things I'm able to create. Can sure. Can I just hypothesize, yeah. as an amateur psychologist? Please. Could it be that your background in an Ashkenazi shiva? In which they don't value the flashy things. They could be multimillionaires and driving a Odyssey, and for them, that's not the flex to show. Oh, look at me! I have an S class, and so you valued more the products of the mind because you came from the Ashkenaz world. That's what they value. I I think it's because I think every person is different. Uh, I I no. I mean, I have Ashkenaz friends who are who are very blingy too. Who are like very you know they they like fancy things. You know, there's a famous joke when a Bukharian guy has eighteen thousand dollars in the bank, he wears a sixteen thousand dollar Rolex. <laughs> 
That's a famous joke. <laughs> Ashkenaz guy has $7.8 million in the bank secured. He has a f- like 401k that's like, you know, in, in a million. And he has like real estate all over the world. And he has like money coming in. And he's like 76 years old. Only then he buys a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I never thought of it. It's, it's the truth. Like, I, I, like I, if you see an Ashkenaz guy wearing a Rolex, like the, the cheapest Rolex they make, the cheapest yeah. ones, like, you know, like the lowest class ones. I don't know them. It's like the... the what? Right. Like he'll like eventually like when he's like really like right like is like he's wearing dentures and he puts on a Rolex. <laughs> that's the truth. That, that's what it is. You know? But but that's, that says what they value. It's not the flashy things. It's the things of the market. yeah. But but if you look like I'm, I'm also I'm pro that. But if you look at it right, the Bukharian kid who bought his Rolex, the Rolex went in value. I mean, more or less, he gets to enjoy a beautiful watch. He feels good internally. You get some hustle. But I, like, some people, like I have, I know people like have, even when I was like young, I was like 26, 25, right before I started Tree of Life, I was involved in a business where my ex-partner and I were both broke. We were going through financial struggle. I get some self, uh, 740 BMW. Well, it was, at that time, it was $800 a month, which is now it's, it's a steal, but then it was $800 a month. And I was like, like you're broke. He's like, yeah, but it's a nice car. I'm like, how are you being? Like, you're broke. Like, I know you're broke because I'm broke too. We're, we're broke together. Like... <laughs> I mean, I, me- I remember growing up in the neighborhood and like Bukharian kids would drive like really high-end cars being a barber. Yep. Like yep. the guy's making, let's say, $1,000 a week cutting hair, but he's driving a $1,700 a month car. I mean, it does something. As, you know what it is to, to answer your question? I think since I was, I was born into a very successful family and my, best fr- my, my first 10 years of my life were in Russia, Kizilarda. Shout out Kizilarda, the best place in the world. I, guarantee, I, I guarantee you can't spell that. K Z Y L or K Z I L. I spell it as K Z I L, but on internet it spells K Z Y L. I don't know why they did it. Or that. Okay. So I grew up into a very successful. My father was extremely rich, so I grew up with money my whole life. Thanks. So money did not like sort of. I need. I didn't. I didn't need to prove anything. Whatever I had to prove was internally. I had to prove to myself what I'm able to accomplish. Um. That's why maybe that's why I never really truly. Needed the fancy cars or the fancy watches. Some people do know this. People need that. So you left the so we go. You left the office. So the backtrack. I came in. I was looking for a desk. If we can just give some background to that story. I came up. I what just, year was this? 2011. 11. You started off. It was just you. It was. I mean, I just Roman got just graduated from just, law school. Just graduated. Just graduated. Just got married. Like, broke. Didn't have yep, a job. Yep. Uh, thank We're you. Never broke. I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> never broke. <laughs> you don't know we're broke. My dad's apartment. You know. It's good to have a dad in his apartment. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, essentially, I was looking for a job, and it's like not really a not, not really a vibe to sit at home, look for a job while your wife's there. And it's just, I said, you know, let me get a desk. Let me sort of have my official, you know, workspace, and I can get, you know, resumes out and, you know, make phone calls. And so I reached out uh, f- through a friend to Shmuel, who I always looked up to Shmuel. Back in the day, he used to go to Baker Real. Oh, you knew him before you got a spot? I man. knew of him. I knew of him. Oh. He was scared of me. I was, uh, was terrified of him. You're me. an intimidating person. He was terrified of me. <laughs> he terrified. Was, he'd be the guy in the middle of, of shul, if I may say, who would uh, basically just, out of nowhere, just get up and start arguing with the rabbi. And, just, and we all respected the rabbi. And, and he was also respected the rabbi, but he was more assertive. And he was able to challenge him in ways that nobody else could. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is Shmuel. And uh, he had this fancy tree of life. And I said, wow, okay. There's an office available. And there's a desk available. I said, let me get a desk. It was like 250 back then. Remember that two fifty? Wow! Yeah, and now you can't get parking in the back in the office for two fifty. <laughs> but uh, Shmuel was like, "What do you need a desk for? I, I, I get you an office." I said, "No, I don't need any little small office available." I, said, I don't need an office. I, I don't want to pay for an office. He says, "No, no, it's fine. 
And he says, you need an office, you're a lawyer, you need to have something professional. I said, I'm not really trying to you know, build anything right now. No, 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 just get a desk. And yeah. Essentially, Sam pushed me to, at the end of the day, start my own firm. Nice. When I wasn't looking to start my own firm. Hell yeah. And, oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and, and he, he had a vision. He said, no, you, you got to be here and you got to sit. You gotta, this is your desk. And I got to be somewhere else because I got to grow. And um, yeah, he was not one to sit still. And he was not only not one to look out only for himself. Wow. Thank Good you. For you. Throughout, see? see? Good throughout. for you, Sam. See, this is real. You got to put on yeah. my resume. Yeah. <laughs> put, it, put it in your tombstone. Helped Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ro. <laughs> no, but Roman worked really hard. I'm very proud of you. And what did you start doing when you first went off? So I started doing everything. I, I took did you work anywhere cases. before? Not really, no. Really? I had interned. I had done some quasi-legal work, but I had no experience. Nice. I, I took a bunch of CLEs. I read every treatise I could find. I spoke to people. I, I paid a mentor to review all my work. I, I basically clawed my way to do trust in the States. Wow. But I took on everything. I did leases. I did PI cases. And then Roman, Roman one time comes in. He makes big posters. Traffic tickets? I'm like, Roman, I'm sorry. I know you're young and an attorney. Please don't do that. He's like, why not? I'm saying because you know why you shouldn't do traffic tickets because the, the win you'll win 50-50% like you sometimes you win half half to half the cases but your reputation will get tarnished you know why because if I hire you for a traffic ticket right and then you lose my case I'm going to think you're not a competent attorney and I'm going to tell everybody Roman is not competent but if you're able to do something that you can become really good at and that's you know and I was like right, please right. and I, was, I walked into his office and I was like and Roman was like like scared of me I was like listen I'm sorry but don't please don't do traffic tickets like why not I can find clients I'm like no because you're not gonna win all the cases in traffic you don't win all the cases shout out to all the traffic ticket attorneys <laughs> out there <laughs> it's the truth no, it's right. the truth he had, he had a bigger vision he, he thinks a couple of steps ahead yeah my mom told me that I always think three steps ahead <sighs> besides when I had my three uh, four foreclosures my mom was like you always think three <laughs> steps ahead how'd you lose I stopped thinking for a while. <laughs> no. But listen, not, not many people get to the level, but they have three foreclosures. Four foreclosures. 24. 23 years old. I, had, I lost you four know, houses. Honestly, it wasn't 100% your fault, Sam, because I knew all the story and you were put in a bad situation. No, the truth is, I'll tell you, so see, that's what it is. Every single thing in my life, whether I win or lose, is my fault. Fair. It's on me. And the reason why I'm able to say that, because I, if I, even with my kids know already, let's say my kids can be fighting at home, I'm like, it's my fault. Because the reason why, because maybe if I would have spoken to them a little more, maybe if I, when they were younger, I would have sort of taught them to sort of share better. Let's say, if, like, if my daughter has, some, my daughter says, let's say, has a dress or like a skirt that she, other ones to borrow, they don't let. Like, no, it's my dress. No, it's my skirt. Don't touch. I think it's my fault as a father, because maybe when they were younger, if I would have said it, taught them how to share better, anything. I look at any single thing in my life as my fault. You have an internal locus of control as opposed to the external locus of control. The internal locus of control, for better or worse, says it's my fault, but that means you take responsibility. I do so, responsibility so for the everything. people around you actually benefit because you're the one trying to make sure things work. I, I'm, I'm fully responsible for everything. Everything. I don't think there's nothing I'm not responsible for. You hear for. that, Nagina? She it's all his fault. You know, it's all his fault. <laughs> no, I'm He's accepted blame. No, it's the truth, though, if you think about it. And I think any leader in anything, if he does not know how to take full control and, and full blame on himself, I don't think he's a true leader. Like, if you look at any job managers, right, they're always blaming. You can never blame anybody. Anything that goes wrong with anything is your fault. If you own a pizza store and the chef burns a pie, it's your fault. It's your fault. Maybe you're not present as much. If your ratings are dropping, it's your fault. It's 100% your fault. I can agree with that, yeah. So, so go, go back. To tell, us, tell us what happened here. Campot. What happened the to Campot? Oh, so, I have, so basically, I was looking for about a year and a half. 
before because I knew that my that once I saw the leads less leads are coming in and I'm still pumping money into marketing. I was like, okay, this is gonna slow down. But I like I like the money that I was earning. I like the fact that I was like sitting in a pretty office. I didn't want to go back to being broke. Like a couple of years early, I was poor. I was like I don't want to. I really don't want to go back to being poor. And I was like looking for a lot of opportunities. A lot. I researched maybe 30, 40 different ideas that I want to do. Um, and at that point, I really thought that doing opening starting compote drink. You know compote. Mm-hmm. Compote is, a compote is a Russian drink, and we're going to put this on the screen right now, is where you take fruits and you boil them, and you get a specific different taste in every, in every single time. It's, you never get the same taste in compote ever. So I was like, I'm going to start a compote business. Uh, okay. No, you can't. You can never. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how. Because the fruits that I use today, let's say I, I put in three apples, two pears, some cherries, and some grapes, right? And some sugar or honey. That flavor will never be duplicated again. You'll never have compote the same to compote ever again. It can be similar because the fruits, if apples gives it, it's all natural. When I when you buy Snapple or any drink, it's all fake. That's facts. Okay, so and the reason why it's it's always tastes the same is because they're able to put the same amount of chemicals mm-hmm. into it. I got us. You make the compote company. No, so as I was, I'm happy I didn't do compote then. I'm very happy. It would have been a loss. Like if I were to do compote now, now that I'm, uh, you like it? What do you think about it? It's good. Yeah, you like it? Yeah. Comes in a can. Delicious. You can take it on the go. You can drink it not while you're driving. Please don't drink while you drive. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be cut out. (laughs) No, that's actually good advice, Sam. You should leave that in. (laughs) Not bad. I should just say a whole uh, can over here is equal to like a third of a glass of wine. Not a third. (laughs) 1.3. 1.7 glasses of wine. Oh. Sir, sir, this is 250 milligrams. Oh. 27 grams of sugar, Sam. Oh, boy. Ooh. So, you know, I didn't introduce you guys. This is Roman Aminoff, attorney at law, specializes in wills, trust, and estate, probate law, wow. and real estate. Look at this guy. Of course, I know. I mean, I, 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 I see the sign in the back. Solid. And this is Solomon Aminoff, specializing in personal injury law That's what we do over here. and arbitration. Hey, yo. If your doctors need some help arbitrating, we got your back. Compote. What happened to Compote? Where did this come from? I didn't know this. Yeah, so I was doing Compote, and I was going to actually own the website called CompoteDrink.com. I should have never sold it because now that I'm, like, a little smarter, and now that I have sort of could have brought it to uh, Morty Herzog, the owner of Bartonuro, who runs a company called Keiko. Keiko is the largest kosher distributor in America and probably in the world, besides Israel maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But so Keiko, if I would basically, and you know, each each uh, f- uh, flavor would have been unique to that. Let's say like a um, hundred cases, because you know you you cook in a big barrel and you get specific fruits and you just put it out and it'll be cute and you can make cute marketing. I would do it now. I would do compote now because now that I'm like smarter and wiser, fifteen years ago I would not have done it. I would have failed at so it. So how'd you start it? Uh, I was looking. I, I really really thought because I'm because my mom used to make compote. Okay. And I was like, I love it. It's and it's so healthy and so clean, and I can control what goes into it as opposed to going and buying fake juices and fake stuff. I figured if I have a drink that I'm able to control, and everything will be just pure and healthy and organic, I really thought Comport will be my next business I'll be in. Okay. I so I I gave Roman my desk where I was sitting, my my office space. I moved into the room next door where you sit actually. Okay. That was my office space. I was uh, I was working out of there trying to build a company. Um, at first, I was gonna go, my my plan was to fly back to where I came from, Kazakhstan, find 
find basically people that make compote already, either bring in, import it, just put my own white label on it. That was my plan, or actually cook it here. But I was thinking I was just import it. That was my plan. But at that time, I would not have handled it because I had this distribution. Whenever you bring a, any drink into the country or any food, you have to do marketing, accounting, distribution. There's so many parts that go into making a company successful. So even if you're selling, let's say, a thousand, a hundred thousand cases, your net revenue is X, but you have to spend so much money on so many other miscellaneous expenses, you'll, you'll never make it. You're not going to make it. It's just not, especially if you're making a high quality product and you have to use real fruits and real ingredients as opposed to just chemicals in a, in a coloring. And that's like all the stuff you drink today is all like, I know you don't drink because you're more healthier, but Solomon drinks everything. That's not true. What the hell? <laughs> all right. It's fine, Sam. Your no. body tells otherwise. Oh, thank you, Sam. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bullies. <laughs> kids, if you're watching this. Don't bully other kids. <laughs> don't bully attorneys because attorneys can bully you back. That's, we bullied Sam and he lost 30 pounds. 40 pounds. 40 40 pounds. Okay. So gain muscle. Gain muscle. Okay. I'm a beast now. Mm -hmm. I'm a beast now. And prove it. You look a little the same, Sam. No, I'm just playing with you now. <laughs> no, I'm just a little bloated right now because I just had dinner. <laughs> but no, but but the truth is on this 2024 is right around the Hold corner. Hold on a second. What happened to Campot? Did you start a company or not? No, I started a company. So you put up a sign that said Campot. I was working on that Campot. I was there for months. I was waiting for this company <laughs> for months. Every was there samples or something? And there's different variations of the font over there. It was, I was working on a compote company. It was just straight up an idea. I spent six months on it. Uh -huh. How much uh, money did you bring in? Making How much money did I spend? How much money? <laughs> no, but then basically, and then as time went on, Roman introduced me to a friend of his who wanted to get into, who was looking for a partner uh, doing cell phone charging stations in different clubs and bars in New York City. I invested my money and my energy into that. And that's nice. how I started my marketing company in 2012. Nice. Um, and then that took basically a lot of pain and suffering. The first four years of that company drained all my funds, drained all my energy. I lost everything I had to pursue a dream. And the, 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 the stupid thing about me is that I'm like an ox. Like my brain is just like a donkey. Like once I accept myself on something, I can't let go of it because I just feel like I have to prove it internally. And even though we had a team of nine people in the beginning and one by one, I made a lot of mistakes. You had a team of nine? What Total. do you mean a team of nine? Basically, it was me, Eddie, Danny. With part nine partners? No, it was three partners. Oh, okay. It was three partners. It was nine partners. No, it was, I was saying a team of nine people. It was, not, it was basically, uh, then we had a graphic designer in-house. We had two sales guys. We had a guy who used to install my stuff. It was a, it was a, a team of nine people. And uh, basically, I was just self, uh, self tree of life was self-funding it. I was pouring all my profits that I was making in the financial company into this marketing company. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just the most, it was really painful four years of my life. I used to work 70, 80, 90 hours a week, carrying heavy boxes that would weigh 50, 60 pounds, installing them in myself in walls all over New York City. You know, you have to find a location, install it, maintain it. It was a lot, a lot of pain that I went through. And in 2016, I had to like make a decision. I was so beaten. We, caught, we were working with Bartonor Moscato. I was doing events for them. I, at that time, I built a trailer for them. I had at that time 12 charging stations for Bartonor, and I was doing about 25, 30 events a year. And uh, I, so Eddie, my ex-partner, is like, yo, let's get back. I need you back on finance. You know, business is, is, is taking a hit, huge hit. You're not involved. 
I was all focused on building my uh, marketing company. At that point, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do finance anymore. I don't want to hear people's problems. I really don't want to be doing finance. This is not what I want to do. I gave it 10 years of my life. I reached a certain level of success. I was able to start a company with $3,000. And I was like, okay, the company was like doing really well at one point. And I was like, I can't do this. Eddie's like, no, I don't want to do this. Eddie's, so Eddie's like, I don't want to do any more finance. I don't want to do the marketing company. At that point, I'm like, take Tree of Life, which was my baby that I started, which was doing a lot better than Mar- Moxie Station, the marketing company. Yeah. He's like, no, don't leave. I, t- I didn't know how to tell my parents. I had four kids. I had bills, expenses, tuition. You know, um, and I'm, I told my parents that I'm leaving Tree of Life. And I was like, no, no, please don't do it. My mom was like, are you stupid? What are you doing? My mom was yelling at me, please don't do it. I was like, I can't be in a place and I can't work and I can't where I'm just like not happy internally. I didn't want to be there anymore. So that's 2016. I left. I split up with Eddie, my ex-partner. He, I gave him Tree of Life. I took Moxie Station. At that time, Moxie Station was only had one client, which was Bartonura. We were doing $70,000 a year with Bartonura at that time. I was like, $70,000 after taxes and expenses. That, that you know, I, I can live with that for now. I can, that can be a base for me. I build, a, I build an office in the back of my little apartment that I bought at that time because I lost everything. I was poor as poor can be. I was broke. I was mentally broken, which was I think was the best thing that happened to me because I actually was able to restart my life. And I knew I'd climb out. I knew it because I knew like I'm a donkey and I'm just an ox. I knew I'd climb out. Married with four kids at the time. Correct. Nice. Correct. And it was really, really hard. It was a really hard period. But that's when, at that moment is when I started my wife's business because, like, I wasn't making enough money, like, completely. You know, when you go from making a certain amount of money and then you're making 90% less and it's just, like, you're mentally beaten. But, like, I knew deep down inside I was going to climb up back up. But it's just, like, do I have to go through the steps again? Do I have to go through, like, it's the pain that I have to go through. Like, it's, it's painful. It's like, do you, imagine, like, if, God forbid, you gain right now 80 pounds, right? Or 100 pounds. And then you know you can go back into getting your abs. You know that. But it's just you have to go through so much pain and suffering. It's work. You don't want to do that. Like if you somebody told you, like, you're doing wills and trusts for the last 15 years, right? 12 years. Okay, you can't do wills and trusts anymore. You got to start a new law. Or you got to become a doctor. You know you're a smart enough guy that you're able to climb up. But it's just like I have to go through all that learning again, all that learning curve. It's a big hit to the ego also. Yeah. You have this level of success and now you're starting kind of from the bottom. Yeah, but I'm actually very happy because you know what it is? When I came back as a new human being, I'm a lot nicer to people now. Even Joseph says I'm a really nice guy. I don't know if he's making up. He's scared of me. But but I think I'm a much better person now. I think I'm more, what's the word, encompassing? Is that a real inclusive? word? Inclusive. I'm more inclusive. I'm less abusive to people <laughs> mentally. Like less, I, less abusive. Less abusive. I used to look at, no, in my head, when I because since I was like so spoiled as a kid, when I used to look at people, I used to think like, why is everyone so stupid? Is that bad? I used to think like that as a kid. Like, it's horrible, right? I it's mean, not horrible. I mean, it's bad, though. I mean, like, looking back now. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, I'm, I am in a better place now because I'm a nicer person. And I am very happy that Hashem put me through pain. As the Gemara says, all that Hashem loves, He crushes them with His surim. It's a, I mean, he, uh, if Hashem loves you, like high level love, He's going to crush you with suffering. Can you believe that? Uh, Imagine you're like loved by God. And he's chose you his love by crushing you with pain and suffering. That's what it is. If you look at all our forefathers, they all suffered tremendously. Any big heroes in the Jewish history all suffered tremendously. Every single one of them. The Especially big, 
Shmuel, you nailed it. <laughs> you better believe it. But enough about me. This is not about me today. Well, this is about you guys. This is about becoming Shmuel. So it this, is becoming this is part Shmuel. Of the journey. This is my journey, and the world will learn the pain that I went through and why I want to share my pain is because I'm actually happy that I went through my pain is why I'm happy to be the human being I am today and I'm still working on it. And even though I only lost you know, almost 40 pounds, I still don't have my abs. And if you look at my poster over there, it says by December, show the world your abs. It's December. I ain't got no abs. I got 30 pounds on me. Um, but I'm consistently in the gym, consistently putting in my cardio work. I started my diet two days ago again, even though I was dieting. But I actually, really, like, I just had this. This was my first sugar I had in two days. I don't know. You know, this is my first. Yeah, that sucks. No, it does not suck. You know why? Because I'm still focused on what I'm trying to do. I'm not, in back in the day, when I would want to, back in the day, I would be dieting, let's say, for two and a half weeks. And then I would eat a cookie. And I'm like, oh, my God, you ate a cookie? Can't believe you ate a cookie. You're fat. You're never going to lose weight. Look at you. You can't even go lose weight. I'm like, really? Yeah, look at you. Go eat another one. But I don't want to eat. I'm trying to lose weight. Have another cookie. Have another cookie. Okay, I'll have He's just one. an episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's going back. He's going back. That's what it is. So you had your own internal voice pushing you like that? In my, my, I, I, I'm the worst self-sabotager. Like I was self-sabotaged. Let's say whatever I would let's say if I would be clean for do whatever I was doing, let's say if I have a good long streak, I would have the smallest, slightest thing that was off, like the slightest, slightest, smallest thing, I would stop everything and go negative. Hmm. That's why a lot of times I regained all the weight I've lost. Because like now this has been a year I've been on my journey, and I've been just like, even though I've been stuck at 40-pound weight loss and I have not lost weight in months. Even though I'm working out every single day, I think I'm pumping a lot of iron. Maybe that's why I'm not losing weight or whatever it may be. But back in the day, I would be like, oh, you're putting in so much time and losing weight. It's not going to happen anyway. Go eat. Go enjoy. Look at you. You're never going to lose weight anyway. And I would just self-sabotage my own brain. Mm. Thank God I've healed from that. I don't, I don't tell myself that. I'm like, this is my journey. This is the process. As long as I'm moving forward, something will click. Was there something that changed you from sabotaging to realizing that it's just a normal slip up? Something that changed in my head. Uh, I think it's just with time and experience. And I just re- realized the time and times when I am like fatter, I hate that feeling. I hate when you overeat at night and you can't sleep and you're like, you feel disgusted and you wake up in the morning all lethargic and, lethargic and you're all tired and you're sluggish. I hate that but feeling. How did that voice, because I'm sure you messed up now, how does that voice no longer pop up? Oh, so then I've learned, this is a very good question. I've learned that, and this, this took me years to master. I'm still mastering it. That every single moment in my life is its own entity. The previous moment from ten minutes ago, or two minutes ago, or one minute ago, no longer is, is no longer here. From this moment on, and I've learned how to restart. Sometimes once a day, sometimes twenty times a day. And this is the teachings of Rav Nachman. It says, "Bria Chadasha, Hatchala Chadasha." You're able to start a new, a new start. Let's say, for instance, like boom, boom, boom. I clarify my mind. I put on a smile. There are times when I'm very, very stressed out in my head. What I do is like a few last few days I was very stressed. I mean, can be driving. I just put on a smile. It's a secret that I use. I use a secret every single day whenever I need help. I just smile. And when you smile, notice when you smile, your mood just goes up. Your energy just goes up. That's why Sam walks around the office smiling the whole time. I love it. Because yeah. everyone moves up. Look at that smile. Zoom in on that smile, Joseph. <laughs> Zoom in on that smile, Joseph. <laughs> But let me, Salman, let me ask you a question, though. Because like, no, enough about me. This is, not, this is not about... It's not about you, Sam. It's about awesome. becoming Shmuel. And I feel like that applies to everybody. You know? 
Oh. Everybody should be becoming Shmuel, their best self, right? Best self. Right? And it's a process. It's not easy. It's a process. Not I'm easy. not, listen, there are times of, trust me, like I, I fall, yeah. you know, like this Shabbat, I ate not proper. But back in the day, it would have been like Saturday, what I do Saturday night? I went, I, I went to the gym. I, I didn't let, I didn't let me overeating on Shabbat, eating things I wasn't supposed to eat, and that feeling of bloatness. I was like, okay, it's a new week. That was four hours ago. As soon as Shabbos is over, I went to the gym. I walked to the gym. I went, it took me kind of longer this time, to about 47 minutes. I walked to the gym. Huh? It's a 50 minute walk to the gym? Usually it takes me about 42 minutes. If it takes 47 minutes, that means I walked kind of slow. I love it though. It clears your mind. I talk to Hashem. I talk to God. I thank God. I ask God for help to give me strength that I need to keep moving forward. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> serious. No, I'm serious. I love it. I went. I didn't get my train. I went alone. I was doing just like, you know, uh, uh, helped, like guided push pull-ups on my own. I mean, I must have been in the gym for like 15, 20 minutes, not long, but I walked to the gym. I just want, I just didn't want to start. I want to start my week right. I feel like Saturday night for me is the beginning of a new week. And I've learned that whatever, however you start Saturday night, that's when you get all the energies for the week. So I didn't want to start feeling sluggish or disgusting with myself. I wanted to feel like a good, I did something, I accomplished something. That's what I'm mentally working on right now. I'm just, you know, taking a day at a time. But I'm okay with it. Like even like right now when I start content creating, right? I did a project for Bartonura. I was going to do uh, uh, arts and crafts videos. Spent time and money, two videos flopped. Lost money and time, energy, okay? I shot two podcasts, flopped. Uh, basically, I, I, made a, uh, I, made, I made a song, flopped. I was like, actually, believe it or not, I was sitting down last week. I was so, like, mentally, I was like, I'm putting all this one year of energy, and it's like a flop after flop after flop. Wait, you made a song, and you were surprised that it flopped? <laughs> <laughs> you sing? <laughs> Sam's a yeah. rap battle rapper, bro. Yeah, Be right careful. Here. Can we hear Sam's it? Sam's a battle rapper. I, mean, I heard him sing Shalom Aleichem. Once Yo, <laughs> careful now. <laughs> Can't forget to bring home a bit of Bartonura. My wife will get mad if I don't pour and give it to her. Moscato in a bottle makes everything right. You know what they say. Happy wife, happy life. Hey, Bartonura. You'll take a sip and say, I like that, Bartonura, for when you want a nightcap, Bartonura, an intoxicating potion. Be sure to find the wine that's as blue as the ocean. ChatGPT. No, no ChatGPT. This is Joseph. Hey, yo. Joseph. Joseph. Shout out to the tech. <laughs> to the tech. It's, not, it's more than a tech. Joseph is my right hand man. Right, right and left because I only got, I only got <laughs> Joseph. I only got Joseph. I only got Joseph. <laughs> I only got Joseph. I, I want to ask questions about law. Why? I want to. I tell you what. I want to have a question for you. Like, <laughs> I have a question for you. Prep chat GPT. I'm hosting a podcast. Now I, I don't question. know anything about law. Why do I tell uh, like people? a question for you? What's a good age to get a will? It's a great question. Okay, so like great this, okay, I'll, we'll lean into that. Okay. We'll go on there. That's a good question, right? That's a good question. And Honestly, question. Will's, Will's questions are cool questions. I like, question for you also. Plus, it gets the car accident. What's the first thing you should do? Call the cops. What's, what's one thing you should never Call the cops. Do? Yeah. Exactly. Don't you want to know? What's one thing you should never do or say? One sec. Hold on one sec. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. It's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to hear the funny story. This is a crazy story. My brother is 18 years old. I'm 14 years old. My brother gets his car. First day he gets his license. He still reminds me of the story. Okay. Exactly where you lived on your old block on 64th Road over there. Exactly that. So we go pick up my aunt. My brother just got his car. It was a Buick LeSabre 958 9ZL license plate. I still remember it. 
remember. Oh, yeah, 95890. I'll still remember, like, like yesterday. It's my first time I got in a car accident. So basically, my brother's driving. He pushes the wrong pedal. Okay, he's 18 years old, trying to be cool. He's got his car. I'm sitting in the front, 14 years old kid. Boom. Here's this lady's car. Okay. From the back? In the back. My guy. This, what do I do? What do I do? The lady, he pushes the wrong thing. And I'm watching him. He pushes the wrong. Okay, bad. bad. We all bug out. Cops come. So my brother's like so shooken and he wasn't like, the, 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 he didn't have the mouth in the family. Like I'm the loud one in the family. I go to cops. Officer, he lost control of the car. <laughs> I gave the, I basically blamed my brother. Instead of, <laughs> is that, like, I mean, there's not, you could have done I, anyway. You no, her. no. What do you, you can say that, that she stopped short. Unfortunately, stop short is not a defense. <laughs> what do you mean? They removed that a while ago. So what do you mean? So, so if I'm driving and I stop short and a guy hits me in the back. Why were you a, driving so close that even if there was an emergency in front of you, you couldn't stop in time? What do you, so you're telling me if somebody hits somebody rear end, yeah. for no matter what happens, the guy stops, you're telling me it's the... Not it's, necessarily no matter what happens. Like, for example, if let's say you got a car who has a dash cam and you can clearly see somebody cut him off and press the brakes intentionally. Yeah, maybe we have a problem. But otherwise, you have rear-ended somebody? Yeah, it's your fault. You shouldn't have, really, should have kept your distance. You should have stayed focused enough and kept your distance. Wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. You huh. rear-ended somebody. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> so whatever. So he rendered her, and I basically <laughs> hit him on the whole blame. So bottom line is don't drive a shul. His brother, <laughs> his brother. No, I didn't say it like that. I just and said he wasn't that. wearing a seatbelt. Nah, but I'm honest though. That's true. He's very honest. I'm very honest. Whether something is good or not good, I'm. It's very... a crazy situation to have been in. How old were you? I was 14. 14. I remember. How my... old was your brother? 18. And then, did the woman that you guys hit? Did she ever do anything against your brother's insurance? If you're aware, she probably has an attorney by name, my friend. No, I know. No, I'm, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm asking something else. I just want to. Probably like, did. Yeah, I don't remember. Did you get hurt in the accident? Honestly, I, well, you know, like, like go go to a doctor and stuff like that. No, I'm just asking if you got hurt. I'm not telling you to go to a doctor. No, I didn't get hurt. You didn't get hurt. You know, if you would have gotten hurt, you would have been able to go after your brother's car insurance for also a BI claim and been like, "Yo, I got hurt in this accident." Even though it's his fault. Yeah, it's your passenger. It's not your fault. It's 100% not your fault. Do you go after both insurances? No, because she didn't do anything wrong either. If she was at a portion at fault in any way, then you can go after her insurance. She got rear-ended. The insurance that you could have went after at 14 years old was your brother's insurance. If you got injured, you could have treated, settled the case, and then that money would have been deposited into a parent trust account with your parent's name and your name. And when you're 18 years old, you could have had access to that money, depending on... If the case would have settled. Wow. Yeah. You want to hear a crazy story? When I came to America when I was 10 years old, I was walking to my aunt's house. You know, when you're like a, 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 like ex-Russian, you can walk. Like, not, like usually American kids don't, don't, can't go outside till like 40. Hmm. So I was like walking. I got hit by a car. I'm in America for two weeks. Under two weeks in America. I get hit by a car by, by PS-175 on 64 in Yellowstone. I get hit by a car. I'm terrified. I think I'm going to go to jail now. Because in Russia, <laughs> one time I was riding a bike. And this guy is riding a motorcycle. And he hits, like, some, some guy was in a cool, like, some guy, I was, like, maybe seven years old, hits my bike on a motorcycle, and he starts yelling at me, you should go out of the road. I'm, like, I was, like, seven-year-old crying. He's yelling at me, okay? Well, that's how Russia was. Like, stay out of the road. You get hit, stay out of the road. So I'm thinking, still the same Russian brain, I get hit by a car. I'm a 10-year-old boy, just came to America. I fall to the ground. I'm terrified. I'm, like, I get up. I'm, like, should I run away? That's, mm -hmm. that's the first thought I had, okay? 
And everybody just came around me like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, I don't speak English. I don't speak English. I don't speak English. And they're like, Malchik, Malchik, we can help you. I was like, please. I was so scared. Like, call the cops. I'm like, no, please. I was so scared. I thought I'm going to go to jail, right? I let, I, I, I let the guy, I said, no, no, no. Like, and I was like a little hurt. And yeah. I, not like majorly hurt. I was a little hurt. Like, that would have been a good case, right? I mean, like quarter depends million? on you. Like you know, quarter million? <laughs> Nah, no, wishful thinking. Wishful no, like not a quarter. Still walking. Yeah, right? no, no, like a, like you're like a quarter million for that. No, quarter that's million. not five thousand dollars. That's it. No, you get like fifty k at least. Fifty k at least. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. What do you mean? Now, ten? You hit a ten you year old kid. Ran away. What's the damage? No, no, no. If I would have not run, if cops, if, look, if cops would have came. What are the damages? What do you mean? I got hurt. A bruise? Would you get a bruise? A bruise is not. Is not action. What do you mean? I should get like this fifty thousand dollars? When did they have that threshold? So the you need a ten-year-old kid. Came. I'm just a ten-year-old person. It's I got still, rights. He's, he's gonna want you to take this case real soon. I mean, we could still no. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's that? What's that? You telling me I would not have made money? I, my whole no, life I've been thinking I'm not saying you wouldn't myself. have made money, but I uh, I am gonna say that it comes down to your treatment, and depending on how your treatment unfolded, your case could be bad. Because some people, you know, uh, the value of a case evolves through time. Like somebody can get injured with soft tissue accidents, and then they have, let's say, an injection. Because nice, <laughs> I said, let's set that up again. <laughs> and then they have an injection for their pain. The case worth a little bit more versus if God forbid they need surgery. In the no surgery. I fell to the ground. My arm hurt for a day. <laughs> not a case. I mean, no. In that they that, hit me. In that short scenario. It's that not dude a case, hit no. me. Uh, congratulations. He had a duty. He breached a duty. He was negligent. So he should pay but me for my no, suffering. I sell him damages. How, well, how about What's it? the damages? One like, day of suffering. One day of suffering. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you want for? Like that one day. How much is one drop of vodka in a cup? Free. Drop a hundred in here. That's what you're saying right now. You know what I'm saying? You want a free cup? You didn't do anything. But yeah. if oh, you, so you think it wouldn't. You know what's funny too? Like that scenario that you gave with your brother getting into an accident. Well, after growing up, becoming a lawyer, learning personal injury, learning about the legal field, learning how the system works, I realized how many cases we had in our own life that we never pursued. I remember my brother cutting his finger off at a deli at one point. Damn, he was working there? It was, he was working there. And now all these years later, I'm like, wow. And I remember settling a workers' comp case at another firm that I worked at just like that. And I'm like, yo, look at that. He got paid some money. Like we could have made some, you know. Wow. I didn't even think about these things. How many accidents we got into? We just were like, yo, just get out of here. You know, like, yo, just forget about it. But fortunately, nobody ever got like really injured that bad. But remember when I, was, when I was 16 years old, my cousin, Dr. Ruben Aminov, you know, dentist, we went to work for this Russian guy in construction. I was literally 16 years old. He wanted us to demolish the whole basement. And he gave me a, a chainsaw, like a huge saw, to cut big plywood that's off the ground into part into smaller pieces. Okay, he's like, "What?" The? He's like, "Do it like this." I was terrified. You can cut your hand off. It's like the guy left me there. I was breathing. Like he didn't give me a mask. I came home. I was like, I was breathing in this dust. So like regular New York work. Asbestos. As, uh, bro, <laughs> I and he paid us paid us hundred dollars for both of us. We were sixteen years old, twenty five years ago, and I'm literally like I'm looking back now. We could have hurt ourselves. Clearly. <laughs> and I remember this guy paying him $1,000. The owner of the house paid him $1,000. At the end of the day, and he gave us from the $1,000 he got. He gave me 100 and me and my cousin. So he made $900 profit, which is fine. He found the job. It's his, it's his, it's his saw. But he hired two teenage boys to demolish the whole basement. You weren't and licensed? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Ever since then, you know how to build houses. Yes. But I could have cut my foot off. Yes, yeah, But you didn't. Again, no damages. 
<laughs> you didn't get hurt. As I learned from a PI attorney once, don't ever let a good injury go to waste. Yes, sir. <laughs> don't no, ever, no, don't no, ever go to... You're in the gym and you, and you hurt your back, right away you get into your car, right? What do you do? You, no. Illegal. Don't do that stuff. Never no. that. There's more no. than enough work to go around. You don't need to do fraud right. stuff. No, there's not fraud. But let me ask you another question for you, Roman. Like you specialize in wills, trusts, and estates, as we mentioned earlier. Right. Yeah. What age should a person get a will? I always wonder that. Great question. A great question. Does everybody need a will? Yeah. Uh, if I'm 22 years old and I have $10,000 in the bank, do I need a will? Yes and no. Do you have beneficiaries on your bank account? No. Define no. that word. So some bank accounts like Chase, for example, Chase checking accounts, they don't necessarily put a beneficiary on your account, meaning if you pass away, where does the money go? So My parents. Okay. Because I'm 22. If you, right. If, if Correct. But what if you don't have to go to your parents? What if your parents are on Medicaid and by giving them extra money, they're going to kick them off Medicaid now? Now you want to leave a will. You want to say, no, not to my parents. They're going to be affected by it. Wow. I want to leave it to my siblings. You got to have a will for that. But wow. generally speaking, the right time to have a will is as soon as you have a child. So once you have a child, now you're leaving things to your next of kin. If you leave it to them without a will and they inherit it at the age two, they're going to have to wait until age 18 before they can touch a single dollar. And before then, anything that has to be used for their benefit has to be approved by the court. So one second, hold on a second. So, so let's say, uh, let's say uh, uh, two 30-year-olds. Wait, hold on. Versus if there is a will in place. If there is a will, then what happens is the will goes through a court process. And then the will is going to say that I pick, let's say, my wife, my brother, my sister, my neighbor to become the guardian for my children and to become the trustee over their assets so that they can manage the assets without court supervision. They can buy the child whatever they need as the child grows up. And when the child turns 25 years old, 23, whatever you pick, they get the money delivered to them. But it doesn't require the court to approve every single transaction. I have a case where a lady's husband died, left money uh, in a life insurance policy, went to the kids. But because they were underage, the mom had to go and get court permission to pay for their tuition, to pay for yeshiva. And the court said, no, why should we take their money to pay for yeshiva? That's your responsibility. So she didn't basically have any rights to get money to pay for their tuition. Things like that are important. Also, who's going to be the guardian of your children if, God forbid, you and your spouse pass away? You got to select who that person is so that, that some person you didn't want to manage the child's affairs steps in. Well, well why can't it just be my parents or my in-laws? So what if... So, so yeah, what if there in, is in, no, case there, in case they're beefing. So what if there Correct. is no will in place? Then? Correct. So if there's no will in place... And then, let's say you have assets, a bank account, and three kids. Are you married? Let's say you both passed away. A so, tragic airplane accident. So what happens is someone first has to become the guardian of the child. Mm -hmm. You may not want that person to become no, the guardian. No, but say child. Uh, my parents or my in-laws. Okay. So as long as you're okay with the next of kin. And usually it's going to be, uh, right, it's going to be the grandparent. When you're saying, but what if the grandparents fight? Like, So, so the Correct. grandparents, I want the kids, no, the other in-laws, they don't get along and they want to fight now. Who Correct. gets the kids? Correct. What wow. happens in that case? So the will, the will of the second parent who passed away would designate who the guardian will be. No, there's no will, let's say. Yeah, oh, if there's no will. So the let's say I see. Say a young died, couple, so, young so, couple, 30 years old, have three so kids. Exactly. They got forbid to die in a, in a car, in, in, a, in a whatever, in an airplane right, accident. Right. And so, the, the, the parents never got along. Now they're fighting who's going to get the kids. So, what happens correct. in that case? So the, the parents will make their petitions to the court. They'll make cross petitions. And the judge will actually rule based on what's the, the best interest of the child. So right. depending on, I guess, financial situation, proximity to the school, who the children select, who that they want to be mm -hmm. uh, under the guardianship of. And the court will make a determination. Sometimes they may say neither of you because you're both nuts and we'll pick maybe a sibling or whatever it is. But, but the court decides. Correct. The court decides anyway, but the court takes into consideration the parent's wishes, which is going to be documented in the will. Wow. So how, how much does a will cost? 
Um, it depends. On average. On average, say, I would say, say somebody some, has a simple, normal will usually will cost $500. That's not bad. Not bad. $500 per person. So husband and wife will be usually $1,000. Why is there a double for husband? Isn't it the same document? It's just an extra. <laughs> yeah, let him make some money. No, I'm asking a question. Let me some bread. No, I'm asking. Well, same wanna, table. I'm asking that for me. This is my audience. <laughs> right. I don't need a will. I'm planning to live forever. <laughs> me too, Sam. I'm becoming Shmuel. Hold on a second. Shmuel's if tomorrow they say we could take your brain and put it in a computer, Sam, are you going to do it? If you take my what? Your brain and put it in a computer. What does that mean? You could live forever. Your conscious now is in the computer. Would you do it? No. Wow. Rome? There's a book written by Rabbi, um, the meditation rabbi from the 80s. He was a Arya Kaplan. Arya Kaplan. Okay. Yeah. He wrote a book. Uh, I think it's called Encounters. Read it in eighth grade. But he talks about the exact same scenario. He's talking about a, as a hypothetical. He wrote mm -hmm. this in the 80s, but it, in the future, I'm sure that's going to be a possibility. So you're but saying you take somebody's brain and you put it into a computer, so the brain is alive, yeah, but the body is dead. Yeah, you're conscious. So I can still alive. type. Hey kids, I love you. I just I wish I can be there with you. Yeah, you can even be more advanced. Oh, they, made the, a, they made a robot that looks yeah, like you. Exactly. Your mind is there though. Would you want that? You're never dying at this point. You're conscious. No, I'm saying my conscious. I'm like, basically, it's just just my brain seeing through fake exactly. robot eyes. Sure, that's the. And I can hug him. Would you metal. do it? Yeah, probably would. Really? Yeah. Now that you mention it like that, yeah, why not? Well, I lose. You're dead anyway. Exactly. That's true too. Now your conscious mind is there. But who cares about? Yeah, no. he's right. I want to see my my great 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 grandkids. And my great great, like, meaning forever. So I have a whole family full of robots. It'll be the real and the fakes. That'd be a good movie. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. Why not? What do you have to lose? He's saying it right. What do you got to lose? You're dead anyway. Who cares? Does a person like that need a will? <laughs> <laughs> Wills for robots. Come to Roman Avenue. I'm a robot too. <laughs> 500 dollars a robot. AI is going to affect a lot of parts of my are you, life. Are you afraid of AI? Really? Yeah. Taking over your law, uh, your law practice? I'm not afraid. I think we have about another five, ten years before That's we're obsolete. Short. Really? Five, so. ten years? Yeah, he's right. You know why? Because are... now you know, Chat GPT, you can code it. Like when we had apps 20 years yeah. ago, you can actually, he, yeah, but you yeah. should do it. I highly suggest you do it because mm -hmm. somebody else will do it. You just feed. I know feed it the best documents. No, and sell everything it to about attorneys. like yeah, exactly. No, not even attorneys. Sell to regular people for nineteen ninety nine. Oh, legal zoom, not legal zoom. How I to know. do right? But I'm saying you feed it through ChatGPT, right? And you can have extensions on it. Right. They already started doing this. Some companies started putting stuff out there. I was started, but you can still be a leader. That's if you really feel in five ten years <laughs> your law practice will diminish. Mm -hmm. But you know what it is? You know why people still come to you? Because I want an an, an expert attorney. It's maybe in 25, 30 years? It's because he's an Aminov, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. You think, going, no, I'm thinking about it like this. He's biased. No, well, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Would you want to, let's say, let's say there's documents like LegalZoom. They're popular, but people still go to attorneys. So right now, most LegalZoom documents that I see are, are Fake. pretty yeah, pretty bad. Pretty They're bad. bad. So you, you file you, your own summons and complaint. Like, you're, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go 100%. But you can't change your own life. AI is a different ballgame. It's not templates and you just got to figure out how to fill it in. It's taking like the best information out there from attorneys that have been doing this for dozens of years who have really the best documents out there and synthesizing that and seeing what a perfect document looks like or as perfect as one can get. And that system can do it better than pretty much any attorney out there. And then maybe an attorney can just review it. Correct. For $80. Correct. So the bar protects us from people you know, practicing law without a license. So we have that. But eventually, like Uber took over taxis. So Chad, then you know GPT what it is? You know, so I remember there, there, was, there was a Russian guy who owned like 1,200 medallions back in 2000s. Remember that? Yeah, I forgot his name. Yeah. And he was the coolest Russian guy. He had 1,200 medallions he owned. And his big mistake was he didn't think of Uber first. And he, this is Gary Vee said this. Gary Vaynerchuk said this. Mm -hmm. If you really truly 
have this vision and like I truly suggest look into ChatGPT and just get somebody, feed them all the law stuff and be the leader of that. And then five, 10 years when it does become big, you're going to have a huge following through through your own and people can actually, and that you the benefit of doing it through you is instead of paying $500, they'll still input everything into the program you, you create or take a five, few months to create, but then you can review it for just hundred bucks. Right. Or you'll practice and you'll get a hundred more applications. Right. And you'll hire somebody in your office who will just review those ChatGPT documents, and it's stamped. It's chat, uh, AI written, attorney reviewed, mm. and that's your that's your slogan, and that's your marketing thing. It's actually not bad. Yeah. yeah. And think about it. You'll spend some time. It'll be, keep you busy, and you look looking five years down the line. I like it. AI written, attorney reviewed. Well, in five years, you're gonna retire. But I don't it's know not about that. So retire it's exactly. Like you retire. He was sitting on the beach with his feet up. Turn reviews. You can review like quickly. It'll take you literally seven, eight minutes to scan through the document. You're gonna be on the beach with your feet up. Yeah, man. Am I there with you? Not next week. Let's go. Come. You guys, you guys. Honestly, Roman will never retire. <laughs> I'm willing to make bets. I'll be forced to retire one day. When 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 when, when your dentures are like already can't even hold on to your gums, and you're like your cane is already like. Let's get a nice cane. What's wrong with you? I say five, ten years, basically. No, Roman will retire when it is 172. (laughs) Like Avraham. (laughs) They say attorneys don't retire, they just kind of die at their desk. (laughs) That's That's what they say. But you know, Roms, do you want to retire? You don't want to retire. I do want to retire. You do want to retire. retire. I want to be able to 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 take my wife around the world. I've never been outside of the United States. Queens. Queens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I want to be able to go on vacation for two, three weeks on a safari with my kids. And I don't have to worry about phone calls and emails. I was on the phone literally today about seven hours just on the phone and plus meetings. I didn't have time to eat lunch. So that's not a life. Good work. What you mean? It's a good work day. What are you talking it's about? It's a great work day. I so appreciate it. Be so I love it. And when I'm quiet, yeah. I'm impressed. But what time you finish work? Today around seven o'clock. Nice. From nine. Nine to seven. It doesn't move. And I still gotta put another about half an hour before I go. Do you use a cat like when you pee a catheter or how do you like eat? You want to know the secret? <laughs> Nobody should I know. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I hold it in. And then when I when I get a client who's going to be long-winded, I go in, I do what I got to do. I put them on mute and I dip before they hear anything. <laughs> so it's usually you, Sam, while you're talking on the phone <laughs> with Roman. He's really in the bathroom on mute. <laughs>